1: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The National Hockey League has hit the All-Star break. No games until Monday. Oilers don't play until next Wednesday at home against the Calgary Flames. 6 o'clock for the face-off show. 8 o'clock drop the puck at Rogers Place. But I'm going to say this to start the show, and thank you very much for tuning in tonight. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight, and tomorrow have been all week as Reed is uh, taking advantage of the bye week to just lay low and do what Wilkie does in Wilkie's spare time. I want to say it is the NHL All-Star Weekend. Obviously, it's uh, it's underway. Festivities are underway now in St. Louis. Uh, the skills competition is tomorrow. The games itself on Saturday. And we have live coverage starting at 6 o'clock of the three-on-three games between the Metro and the Atlantic Division, and then the Pacific and the Central, and then those whoever wins those two games will play in the... Uh, $1 million final. You'll hear all the games right here on 630 JED. I'm going to say uh, to start the show, Edmonton, you are the all-stars. After uh, a couple of days here of the Stollery Radiothon, we were here, uh, we were down there for the, uh, we've been there for two days basically, but today uh, we did the 630 JED uh, mornings with uh, Shea Gannum and Chelsea Bird, and then you just heard Jalen and I wrap up 630 JED afternoons. $1.43 million raised. Incredible. In the 21 years of the Radiothon, the Stollery Radiothon, over $25 million have been raised. Incredible event. You hear lots of stories, triumphant and tragic. But I'll tell you, as as a parent, I've needed the Stollery. And... You're thankful that it's there. You hope you—it's one of those things. You hope you never use it, but you're so thankful that it's there when you do. So I've all, I have—I have a uh, almost four-year-old son and a two-year-old daughter. I've need—I've needed it for both my wife and I. So, you know, it's funny when when you you know when you think about the stallery, you know it's there and you're thankful for it. But when you see it and you see the boots on the ground, you see the people that are working there and the doctors, the nurses, everyone involved, it's an amazing facility, and it's such a gift to this city. It's a gem. So way to go, Edmonton, $1.43 million. And, hey, there's still time for you to contribute as well. You can donate online at StolleryKids.com. You can also call 780-407-KIDS. That's 780-407-5437. So there you go. On tonight's show, we are going to talk uh, some Oilers, of course. We'll talk about some Oilers on the farm. Uh, Evan Bouchard added to the American Hockey League uh, All-Star game. So he and Tyler Benson are going. So you'll hear from, you'll hear from uh, Jay Woodcroft, the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. Um, you'll also hear from Brian Burke about his thoughts on the All-Star game. We'll play that a little bit later on as well. Eskimos made a trade today. Interesting trade. They got a kick returner and a running back, Jordan Robinson. We'll talk about that a little bit later, as I mentioned. Uh, We'll go to Winnipeg. And uh, we're going to be joined by Kelly Moore from CJOB Radio. He's our sports director. Ah, (laughs) Winnipeg Jets. They're a frustrating lot and i can feel it even though kellen we are two provinces over Oh, i feel the heat from here yeah i can feel the radiation of anger of jets fans they lose again last night mm-hmm. they have lost a ton of games in regulation lately their record right now is uh oh i got to scroll even where are they oh you know what happened? Somehow I got division uh, format for the standings. Here's the wild card format. Here we go. go. Here we go. Winnipeg has a record of 25, 22, and 4, 54 points. They are three points back of a playoff spot in the Pacific Division and in the Western, actually in the Western Conference. Uh, Vegas, Arizona, Calgary, Edmonton all have 57 points. Jets have 54 points. They are struggling. So you go back to a year ago, you go back to two years ago. Two years ago, they were a Stanley Cup contender. In fact, they made it all the way to the conference final, lost in five to the Vegas Golden Knights. Last year, they lost in the first round to the eventual Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis Blues. They've been kind of trending downward, I would say, since, I don't know, mid-season last year. They're 10 points back of their pace from last season. Their chances of making the playoffs, they're still there. And a lot can happen still. But they got to find a way to turn these, uh, these losses into wins. And they're not even getting points. I mean, they're losing the regulation. So we'll head to Winnipeg and talk to Kelly Moore about uh, what's up with the Jets. And I'm excited because at around 7.20... An old friend of the show. You know him very well, Eskimos fans. Kenny Stafford, receiver. Former receiver of the Eskimos, and lately, or the uh, latest uh, team he uh, had a chance to, uh, he didn't suit up for, unfortunately, but uh, he played with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. An, an incredible experience if you ever get the chance to play in that market. So we'll talk to Kenny about uh, just the experience of playing in Saskatchewan, the, the trade. He was traded to uh, Kristen Jones in the, uh, I believe, in August of last season. And I get his thoughts on uh, the free agency season coming up because he's a free agent, uh, pending free agent. He's his own agent. So things might be getting a little nerve-wracking for him right now, uh, even though it's still relatively early, even though it is January the 23rd. But in 10 days from now, the negotiation period starts, or the legal tampering period starts in the CFL for the first time ever, which I applaud. I'm, I'm glad they put this in finally, a negotiating period or a legal tampering period. Starts in the 3rd, goes for 8 days. F- CFL free agency opens 10 a.m. Edmonton time on uh, the 11th of February I mean it's something
2: that every pro league in North American ha- in North America I should say has absolutely is you have a period before free agency in which you can speak to the per- or, or the prospective pool of free agents I guess and basically create your shortlist if you're a GM for a team yeah. of okay this is our needs here's potentially who we think can fill those needs and here's what they want and then that gives the GMs, uh, I guess, the back information, and that stuff, and all the info, and and whatever they need to make their decisions with. Yep. So that on deadline day, or whatever, free agency opening, whatever the terminology is, yep. <laughs> whatever sport, you're good to go with, yep. you know, making your signings and getting your press out, and and so on and so
1: forth. Right? And so. there are interesting. Uh, uh, I guess you call them bylaws or restrictions in the in that negotiating period. Oh, yeah. You can't just take an offer and then shop it to eight other teams. And teams are limited in how much they can offer you. They can't just keep... Poning it up and all that yeah. or, or take that money and then go give it to another potential free agent and kind of have competing offers so it's a little strange I kind of don't understand it myself in some respects but there are limitations for teams and players because I think what the CFL is trying to prevent is players taking offers and then going to the highest bidder and then you know money gets kind of out of, out of control now once, yeah. once the 11th opens up do whatever you want, mm. but there's limited restrictions, so it's kind of like a test of water, see who's interested, and then once 10 a.m. on the 11th opens, you can go sign with whoever you want, and if you sign four minutes past the deadline, like Odell Willis did in 2013, and Ed Hervey got a and the Escobar's got a $10,000 fine, it's okay this time, because it's legal tampering. There you go. Uh, and we'll talk with uh, Kenny about the Super Bowl, and that is uh, 10 days away. Kansas City Chiefs, San Francisco 49ers. This mm-hmm. is this is a tough call. Absolute tough call. I crunched the numbers last night, and I'm like, wow. These two teams are more even than you think. It's a good matchup. It's a really good matchup. And I have an idea of who I'm picking right now. It could change in a week, but I have an idea who I'm picking. I'll reveal that later. And we talked about this yesterday. Is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer? I'm on the side of no, but we'll see what Kenny thinks. Mm -hmm. All right, 780-496-0063. That's the number to call or text. Yeah, you can call or text. The Big L has texted in already. Thank you. I don't follow the All-Star Skills Competition much. Is there a turtling category? If so, Marchant has a Western rival. True. I don't even think. Brad Marchant's in the All-Star game this year. I don't think he is. I think Pasternak is the yeah. Bruins rep. <laughs> oh, look at this. Cowtown Bob here. Please ask Kelly more about Matt Nichols. I would guess he will be traded. No, I don't think he'll be traded. I think, I think he'll probably hit the open market unless Ottawa decides they're going to trade for another pending free agent because it's not working with Nick Arbuckle. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Yeah, skills competition is tomorrow. I don't know what the events are necessarily. I know there's fastest skater. I know there's the probably a shootout. I think the breakaway doing, relay or whatever. They're doing something weird this year where they're having players kind of on risers or something like that, and have t- to try trick shots. Like I just, I think the skills competition has kind of become uh, the worst part of the All Star Weekend. I love how I saw the footage from the first ever All-Star Skills Competition in Pittsburgh in 1990, Mm -hmm. and I saw the breakaway relay. Mario Lemieux, by the way, had a great flow back then. He had excellent flow, but uh, you would you you know the puck control relay was was much more fun with the cones. The breakaway relay, you had three chances to score within 45 seconds. But I think what they're trying to do now is they're trying to lessen the burden of the players in the skills competition so they don't have to expend that much energy. I'll tell you what I think, and I said this last night. I think the show stealer of the whole weekend will be the women's three-on-three, Canada and the U.S., these are stacked rosters. We talked about this with Rebecca Johnston uh, from the Canadian Women's National Team last week when Reed was uh, hosting uh, last Friday. So I think this is going to have potential to be the best event of the whole weekend. So three on three, and I don't think that they'll necessarily um, go full out, full, full out, but I don't think they're going to back off too much either. I think there's a lot of pride on the line always when Canada and the U.S. play. And the games itself are on uh, Saturday night at 6 o'clock down at the Enterprise Center in St. Louis. So uh, I would give you a scoreboard update, but there's not much to talk about because uh, we have no NHL games. Raptors don't play tonight. Uh, Oil Kings are off. They won 5-3 yesterday in Swift Current against the Broncos. Tomorrow night, they're in Prince Albert to play the Raiders. Then on Saturday, they're in Saskatoon to play the Blades. And then they'll be back home at Rogers Place on Tuesday against the Brandon Wheat Kings. Oh, let's take a call. Let's go down to Red Deer, and let's talk with Jim.
2: Hey, Jim. Hey, hi, guys. How you doing? Good. You? Uh, Not bad. I want to get into this uh, on this all-star bit. Yep. If you were to say to me, Wolf, I can have two tickets and go anywhere in your paper thing, I'd say keep it. (laughs) Uh, Because I tell you what, the the game, and I don't care what you pick, it doesn't truly represent the sport. But no all-star
1: game does, except for one, and that's baseball.
2: No, I don't think the, I don't think any of them do.
1: No, I think uh, I gonna, think baseball's the best representation of of the of how the game's supposed to be played. The baseball All Star Game.
2: Well, nobody in baseball runs really hard to catch the ball. They're well, not going to hurt themselves to do it.
1: No, but okay. So, but the, but the mono mean, a mono between a pitcher and a batter—you can't. I mean, they're not playing slow pitch. They're they're you know pitchers are usually throwing heaters out there.
2: Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing that I think a joke with baseball is their home run derby. I think that's the best event in sports. Well, that and the slam bet. dunk contest. Well, you throw you throw the uh, the heater, 100 miles an hour at the pitcher and then hit it. And he he, he, if he can he, he can hit it out of the yard. Then yeah, but they don't throw it at 100. No, but they. And, and if you look at basketball, yeah, I mean every every sport tries to give a fancy play. Chances are you'll never see that in in, in, in any sport. I mean hockey's the worst. I mean, you're, you're standing still and letting the player go, and he can do all the fancy tricks, but the realistic, he'll never do it. So I'm yeah. just, as a, I would never go. I would never go to a game, and I, I feel for the players that are forced to go to the NHL or forced to go to any um, any any of these games because really they should have a right to. Well, you know what, Jim? Um, I understand
1: the how people are. I don't think upset is the right word because if you're upset over an All-Star game, get a life um, to anybody. But I would say there is frustration with the All-Star game, but the All-Star game is a necessary kind of evil in sports. Uh, Leagues need it for the showcase. They need it for the sponsorship. They need it for, you know, it's a good event for fans to meet players and and to kind of get that involvement. The games itself, you you get some memorable plays, but um, it's, it's never going away. And as far as I'm concerned, if you're if you're selected to go to an All-Star game, especially if you're a young player, you got to go because that's your obligation. If you're Alex Ovechkin who sits out of the odd All-Star game now, I think that's fine because you you know you play 13 straight years or you play 13 of them anyway, and I think you have uh, the right to kind of say no. But um, I agree with you. Like, there's not many All-Star games that you go. Well, that was a memorable barn burner, but there are some pretty cool moments. the three-on-three three yeah. no format's the best format they've had in ever, basically. And last year's was kind of meh, but it's it's the best it's the best format to have, I think. So, well,
2: but you, yeah, you know, you got, for got what top, it is. you've got your top players going, and they don't get the time off, which is unfair. Well, some of them
1: got time off already. I mean, that some of well, them have been off for a few days, and some don't. But, yep.
2: it, it, well, like but like I said, I I just wanted to get on the parade with you guys and say that I'm sorry. I, I would not go. I'm just not interested. I'd rather watch a movie on TV or something, at least they can change the channel. Thanks, Jim. All right, take care, guys. Appreciate it. 780-496-0063.
1: It's funny he says that because the All-Star game, I would imagine be in Edmonton in a matter of time. Like, let's say within the next five years, I think the Oilers have a good chance of hosting an All-Star game. Text from Mike, and I'm not going to respond to it, but I'm going to let you hear it. NHL skills is a please the uneducated American fans and millennial circus. I like the old way. Not sure what that means, to be honest with you. Um, it's a bunch of players having fun. And a lot of events I, I, I think are kind of boring. Fastest skater's fun. The shootout's always fun. I don't know. It's I think it's to please everybody. Uh, I'll tell you who's not pleased. Fans in Winnipeg about their Jets. We'll go there next after the news at 6.30. Dave Campbell and for Reed Wilkins on a Thursday evening on Inside Sports. Welcome back to Inside Sports with Dave Campbell for Reed Wilkins this week. Reed will be back on Monday. We'll have the show live from West Edmonton Mall, side of the Edmonton Oilers open practice from three thirty to five, and then from six to eight, the Oilers will be holding an autograph session. So Reed will be down at West Edmonton Mall.
2: Take a selfie in front of a booth.
1: That's right. Take a selfie with Reed. He will. Yep. He will have Wilkie Face ready to go. Absolutely. Hashtag Wil- Wilkie Face. You got to get that on your Instas. Wilf- Wilkie Face is uh, a worldwide trend as we... We'll make it a trend. Yeah. That's we right. will make it trend on Monday. That's right. There you go. Uh, you know, uh, Winnipeg is a very happy place when their sports teams are doing very well. Uh, very happy place, obviously. Blue Bombers, they broke a 30-year drought. Won the Grey Cup back in uh, November against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. The Jets have been a Stanley Cup contender for the better part of the last two years. And right now they find themselves out of the playoff picture with uh, just over 30 games remaining in their regular season schedule. Let's go to Kelly Moore of CJOB Sports in Winnipeg. Kelly, how are you? Oh, let's try that again. Hi, Kelly. Are you there, Kelly? Oh, gee whiz! The phone is doing a weird thing here. Where uh, let's put you right there where you're supposed to be. Hello, Kelly Moore. Now I can hear you. Yeah, third time. Yeah, I,
0: I was just saying, Dave. Let's cut out the thirty crop. It was only a 29-year Grey Cup drought. Come on,
1: we got to round up. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a... <laughs> no, no, well, no, no. 29. Well, I, I apologize. I apologize. Yeah. But I'll tell you. Right now, Winnipeg sports fans are probably going, um, it's not football season yet, it's hockey season. And what is up
2: with our hockey team
0: right now? Yeah, it, it, there is a lot of angst here. And uh, if you're one of those people who dare goes on social media, I'm not one of them. I, I Unless I'm absolutely ordered to by my boss, I stay as far away from social media as I possibly can. But, uh, you know, you you know that there is going to be extreme anxiety when a hockey club that went 10-3 and one in November and actually had a pretty good start to December as well, Mm -hmm. uh, but all of a sudden goes into the tank from since a 7-3 win over the Philadelphia Flyers on December the 15th, Dave, this hockey club has won five out of 18 games and more recently mixed in there was a 7-1 beatdown at home by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Right. Where the score was probably a little worse than what the actual game was, but still, the bottom line is that uh, you know Tampa Bay made uh, the Winnipeg Jets look far less than ordinary on their home ice. And, and, you know, right now for Paul Maurice, as he's sitting back home after four straight losses, he's probably feeling a little bit like Harry Neal did in 81-82 when he coined that famous phrase, you know, my greatest failing as a coach is last season we couldn't win at home, this season we can't win on the road, I can't find a place where my team can win. (laughs) Uh, Yeah,
1: that's probably the problem right now for the Jets. and, uh, and, And, you know, the thing is too, I mean, there's one thing to lose and grab a point from those losses, and then there's one thing just to flat out lose, and that's what the Jets have done in their last four games. They've lost all four of those games in regulation. They've won six, or not, they have lost six of seven, but to lose all four games in regulation and not able not able to take a point out of any of them, that hurts. And yet they are still they are still three points out of a playoff spot.
0: Well, they're three points out of a playoff spot, but they're also three points out of last place in their division. So they are truly at a crossroads. I I thought last night, quite frankly, Dave, was one of the best games they've played during this slide. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know they, they were up against a Columbus team that had won five in a row, and during that winning streak had only given up three goals. So last night, they caught Elvis Merzli- Merzlikens on a night when he was quite average. There was a couple of long shots that beat him. So if there was ever a night where you're going to probably take advantage of the Columbus Blue Jackets, it was last night. But Laurent Brossois, who Oilers fans know very well, was so good last year as a backup uh, to Connor Hellebuck. Uh, and this year... I wouldn't say he's played poorly, but he certainly hasn't played anywhere near to the same level that earned him a one-year deal with the Winnipeg Jets this season. So there have been a number of things. But, Dave, let me draw it in a way that I think maybe might help Oiler fans be able to envision uh, what is plaguing this hockey club okay. uh, With you know, if you compare it to their own team. So let's play the game what if, okay? Yep, let's do it. Oh. Okay, so what if the day before training camp, Oscar Kleppbaum came to the Edmonton Oilers and said, You know what? I'm not going to participate in training camp. Probably won't be around for the preseason. I need to figure out where I'm at in my headspace. That wouldn't be good. That would not be good. No. So, you know, I, and I don't think that I'm exaggerating when I compare Oscar Kleffbaum to Dustin Bufflin in terms of the importance for each hockey club. Is that is that realistic?
1: That is fair because when Oscar Kleffbaum was injured last December, so December 2018 in a game in Colorado, the Oilers' season started to tank, and he was a right. big reason why. So, yeah, I understand completely.
0: Yeah, so I just want to make sure that I'm not uh, misconstruing the facts and, and trying to be as objective as possible. Doing here. a good job. So, so that's, that's number one if people are wondering what's wrong with the Winnipeg Jets. You know, and, I, and I'm not even going to go to uh, the free agent exodus because that was expected. Uh, You know, people knew that they were up against the cap, so they knew people were going to leave. So let's not even go there. But now we get into, oh, I think probably early to mid-October, and I don't want to say that Brian Little is the equivalent of Ryan Nugent Hopkins player for player. But in terms of the role that they play for their particular teams – if you removed Ryan Nugent Hopkins for, say, let's see, the Jets have played 51 games. So if you removed him, say, for about the last 30 to 35 games, because he's, he, he would be the Oilers' second-line center, would he not?
1: Uh, yeah, at the moment it's, it's Leon Dreisaitl, he, but he's a second-line left winger. But I understand where you're going because for a long time, Ryan Nugent Hopkins was the second-line center here.
0: Right. So if you took him completely out of the equation and because of that – now you had to separate Leon Drysidel from Connor McDavid. Would, would that have somewhat of, an, of a negative impact on the Edmonton Hockey Club? Well, lately it hasn't, though. So,
1: <laughs> okay. So there you go. Yeah. But a so, year ago, a year ago, earlier in the season, absolutely. Over the last eight games, no. But right. but earlier in the season,
0: absolutely. Right, and then there have been a number of injuries. Now, not to. You know, the one thing that the Jets have had good fortune of is that people like Mark Shafley, Blake Wheeler, Patrick Lyonnais, Kyle Connor, and Nikolai Ehlers have been able to remain healthy. They have played in all 51 games, so they've been fortunate that way, but boy, I'll tell you what, the rest of the lineup has just been decimated by injuries, so if... I, I hope that paints somewhat of a picture uh, as to why this hockey club has just not been able to even pick up bonus points lately uh, because, you know, they, for the most part, the 7-1 loss to Tampa Bay excluded it, and maybe even that 5-2 setback to Chicago two nights later. Uh, you know, the compete level probably wasn't as good as it absolutely had to be for a team that's in this position. But I'll tell you what, Dave. Uh, the last two games that they played in Carolina and Columbus, they were all in, and they are simply, with their current state of affairs, just not good enough to play against teams that are playing uh, either either uh, uh, that are either better or are playing some of their best hockey right now. And and even, you know, they ran into a Chicago team that, you know, up until last night against Florida, that uh, looked like it was going to start making some noise in the Central Division and still possibly could. So a lot of it also has to do with how is your opponent playing at this particular point of the season? And the, sure. the Jets have just run into a slew of, of clubs that are playing pretty well right now. And the, the, the worst news, though, Dave, is at the other end of the All-Star and Players break, they come back to host Boston. Then the next night, they host St. Louis. Then they go and play Nashville, and then they go into St. Louis.
1: Good luck with that. Uh, yeah, as we're joined by Kelly Moore from CJOB Sports in Winnipeg, uh, the trade de- the trade deadline's coming up. Of course, Oilers uh, fans are excited because they're going to be in a buyer position instead of being in a seller position. Uh, as far as the Jets are concerned, uh, I imagine Kevin dayoff is kind of at a, a teetering point where you could be a buyer, or, uh, he could be a buyer or a seller at the deadline
0: or he could have his hands tied at the trading table, Dave, because until the Dustin Bufflin situation is resolved, Kevin Dayoff doesn't know what kind of cap space he has available. And, and, and so until and, – and this has been an underlying problem for this hockey club. If there had been some kind of resolution, if they knew, okay, fine, Dustin Bufflin's salary is going to count against the cap, so we're right up against the ceiling uh but uh, it, it could also wind up being that okay dustin bufflin's salary is not going to count against the cap now you've got seven million dollars in wiggle room to to work away with but then when you look out of the landscape now what's available on the blue line right. that that could possibly be a difference maker you know so uh from that perspective unless there is some kind of a decision that's reached between the NHL Players Association and the league on the Dustin Bufflin situation. And, and I don't need to go into the history of that. Do I? Everybody that's listening probably is well aware of what's going on there?
1: Uh, absolutely, yep. And, yeah,
0: okay. And so. I think
1: that, that is really, really, like you say, it's really uh, it's really hampered the Jets and, and management and, and what they can do because they have no idea what, what he's up to.
0: Exactly. So you know it, uh, and and oh, other fans are going to say, "Hey, Winnipeg, cry me a river." <laughs> you know, like just you know what, save your excuses. Uh, and I'm and I'm trying to not make them sound like excuses. I'm trying to make them sound like reality because, uh, in essence, that's what it is. So come the trading deadline on February 24th, who knows what position the Winnipeg Jets will be in to make some kind of a deal that can help themselves. But I do know this, Dave. I do know that uh, you know Kevin Shovel Dayoff has the support of management to not make a panic trade uh, even if it is to somewhat salvage uh, whatever situation the season is going to be in at that time. And I know there are a lot of rumblings out there right now about Paul Maurice, uh, but and and I'm not sitting in Kevin Sheveldayoff's office or even on the next floor in Mark Chipman's. But I know those guys pretty well, and I'm pretty sure that they understand totally the situation that Paul Maurice and his coaching staff are up against.
1: Okay, final question. I'm switching gears here to footballs. We're joined by uh, Kelly Moore from CJOB Sports in Winnipeg. Um, When I saw about a week ago that uh, there was a report from Three Down Nation that said, The Bombers are really interested in re-signing Zach Calero. So I went, okay, interesting. Uh, Had a great final three, four games with the Bombers for sure on the way to a Grey Cup championship. And then Matt Nichols' agent comes out earlier this week and says, hey, what about my guy here? And I'm thinking to myself, you know, it's a tough call in some respects, but it's almost like um, they're choosing... The really light, the the quarterback that caught lightning in a bottle versus the quarterback that has been the most consistent for them in their franchise in who knows how long. This is
0: going to be an interesting situation, how this does play out. You know, Dave, neither one of us are ever going to get invited to appear on the cover of Maxim magazine, so <laughs> I think I could say this uh, without insulting you, but uh, it, it, that situation kind of reminds me of when we were at the high school dance. Yeah. And and then all of a sudden, somebody better came onto the dance floor, and the girl said, hey, you've been a great partner, but I'll see you later. I you know? well, get it. <laughs> and, yeah, and so, you know, I think Matt Nichols is probably feeling that a little bit, but I'll tell you what. If Matt Nichols had not had a serious shoulder injury, if there weren't question marks about and and, you know matt said that he's going to be ready for training camp and there's no doubt in his mind uh but come february 11th i think and whether it's the winnipeg blue bombers or whether it's toronto or depending on what happens with nick arbuckle ottawa uh you know matt's going to have to come up with some tangible evidence there and anybody who knows matt nichols knows he is the absolute salt of the earth but you know, it was Zach Caleros who, and, and maybe it was a small sample size, but he went four and zero as the starter of this football club mm-hmm. against Calgary, Calgary, Saskatchewan, Hamilton. That's a pretty good litmus test, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, I would say so. And and I'll and I'll add into this as we as we got about a minute left here, but I'll add this as well. If if Chris Strebler comes back, that helps Zach Caleros immensely. If he Big doesn't, if he doesn't, I've heard lots of good things about the third string quarterback Sean McGuire, that he could be kind of like a Strebler. But that Zach Caleros is successful in a lot of respects because you have that change of pace quarterback that can really scare defenses because you're not sure if he's going to run or pass. And I would say Strevler was a better runner than a thrower. But uh, you know what? It's uh, quite often in sports you're just going to pick you're going to pick whatever like it's kind of like the path of least resistance you know what zach claris was four and as a starter i think we'll just go with him
0: well and i'll tell you what dave if i'm zach Caleros as well and you know we all thought the same thing we all thought with his southern ontario connections you know his wife is from that area that it was a slam dunk that he was going to go to toronto or maybe even look at ottawa but if i'm zach Caleros, With the injury history that I've had and I look at the offensive line that is in Toronto and I look at the offensive line that is in Ottawa and now the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have all five guys signed who started on the offensive line Uh for three of those playoff wins boy if, if protection counts for anything i i know which way i'd go because uh, as much as you want to make a few more bucks here and there you also want to be able to play and you want to have a chance to stay healthy
1: yeah slam dunk for sure kelly thanks as always for your insights i uh, appreciate it take care okay you bet dave thanks kelly moore from c cjob sports in winnipeg Reed Wilkins tonight, some guests on 6.30 Chet Insight Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down South Comfort food to Edmonton with their creative take on Southern classics spun with a modern twist. Uh, tomorrow on the show, uh, we're going to talk about this story. Um, Panda soccer. Student athlete Nicole Palladino back on January 14th was injured while on a personal trip in Costa Rica. Nicole lost control of her pedal bike while, uh, while near a ride uh, near uh, Malpais, leaving her seriously injured. Among the injuries suffered were three broken vertebrae and a lung contusion, currently recovering in the hospital in Costa Rica with the support of her family by her side. So she basically just riding her bike and something happened and she fell off the cliff. So a GoFundMe page has now been started, and we're going to talk to uh, someone who is behind that and a former teammate of Nicole Palladino, Rebecca Ree, former uh, goalkeeper for uh, the U of A Panda soccer team. And uh, Nicole Palladino recently just uh, graduated from the program. She was a forward, uh, graduated back in the fall. So um, she uh, graduated from the Faculty of Engineering after completing her varsity career with the Pandas in the fall. So very tragic circumstance. Uh, Unfortunately, she is uh, paralyzed from mid-truck down. So uh, very serious injury, very serious accident, and uh, GoFundMe page has been started, and we'll talk to Rebecca Reef tomorrow night about about, uh, Nicole and about how you can help. So, uh, still in Costa Rica, obviously uh, her family is there, so that is good. She's getting the support, and I'm sure, uh, I'm, and I'm, I'm, well, I'm pretty positive she's feeling the support from home as well. We're in the uh, NHL All-Star break right now. Uh, I can tell you this: uh, the Edmonton Eskimos made a trade today. They traded uh, a Neglist player to the uh, I don't know who the player is because it's on the Neglist and you don't get players <laughs> you don't get the identity of players in the Nicholas except for the 10 that they decide to give you once every december um once a year in december but uh a Nicholas player has been traded to the winnipeg blue bombers for running back and kick returner jordan robinson who will now have his third stint with the eskimos so we'll see how that goes and uh, we'll hear from brock sunderland a little bit uh in the uh, next half hour we'll talk a little bit more about that trade uh free agency's uh Ticking uh, or you know time sticking away here, so we'll uh, you know we'll see what happens with the Eskimos. They'll probably start to get a bit busier here. I would say in the next week or so. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. News is next from the 6:30 Chad 24-hour news center. In the next hour, we will be joined by a former Eskimos player, receiver Kenny Stafford. Plus, you'll hear about a couple of Oiler prospects down on the farm. As I mentioned, you'll hear from Brock Sunderland as well. And Brian Burke on the All-Star game. Dave Campbell and for Reed Wilkins this week on 630Chad Inside Sports. 630Chad
2: Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630Chad.